Hey everyone, welcome back to another week of With Love Alexa. Um, I'm excited today to talk to Elizabeth Myers Price, the founder of the nonprofit um, Pro Haven Organization. I'm sorry if I messed that up. Um, we're going to be talking about all about how she started it, what the foundation is, and just about her life in general. Um, and I'm excited to talk to her. Hi, Elizabeth. Are you there? Hi. Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you for having me. Thank you. And of course, I'm excited to talk to you um, and hear more about your story. Did I say that wrong at all? The organization? The Frontier Haven. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> okay. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. And you're in Tex you live in Texas right now? Yeah, I live in Texas. That's a very nice area. <laughs> it's is it warm there? It's it's seventy degrees, so oh. it's like lukewarm. Yes. <laughs> Better than the thirty degrees in Michigan, so <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So today I just want to talk to you, like start by just asking like what you were like growing up. Um, you grew up in South Africa, right? I, w I was born and raised in South Africa, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought I, yeah. If you want to just tell me a little, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Um. Well, um, my, na my name is Elizabeth. Um, my last name is Meyer. That's my maiden last name. And my marriage last name is Price. Um, growing up in South Africa um, is a very tough country to grow up as a little girl, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Um, I I was I was a very sporty, active kind of girl growing up. I did grow up without my mom and dad. I was raised by my grandparents as a child because my mom, and God bless her, may she rest in peace. Um, she was an alcoholic and couldn't afford to look after my brother and I, so she gave us up to my grandparents. So my grandparents raised my brother and I since the age of, I was six months old or a year, and my brother was two years old, he's two years older than me. So they raised us up until the age of 18. Growing up, it was a very hard time for me growing up because um, I lacked that mother-daughter relationship, I basically grew up in a very tough, tough, tough background growing up as a child and go, sometimes going hungry to bed, <laughs> going to school bare feet and stuff like that. Yeah, so it was not a very fun thing growing up as a child. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, were you close with your grandma at all? Yes, very, very, very close with my grandma. Well, that's good. At least you had that female. Yeah. In your life, she was she was my rock. She taught me everything I know today. <laughs> oh, that's good though. That's sweet. Um, when did you move to the states? Twelve years ago, I moved to the states. Um, I came over here as an au pair. I don't know. I don't know if you know what's an au pair. It's almost like a nanny, but you live in with the host parents, and they have to pay for you to go to school, and you work for them for 40 hours. That's how I came over to the States. Yeah, that's so cool. I um, I, I think I knew an au pair from New Zealand a while oh, back. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, it's a, it's a, it sounds like a really cool job, but, like, really hard at the same time. 
Well, it's not. It's cool if you don't know different countries and you want to explore and you're still young and you want to see different worlds, then it's cool. But the pay was not very nice. It's $195 per a week. Wow, that <laughs> so is nice. You work, you work 40 hours for $195. Um, I mean, if you, I, I guess, loving with them, they provide for food and stuff. So then I guess it balances each it's out, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> but cool in a sense where you get to explore different countries and stuff like that. Where did you first come um, when you first started au pairing? Where were you in the States? San Francisco. I was, I flew, I I had a biracial family. My host mom was white and her husband was Indian. And when you become an au pair, you choose um, what you want. And my criteria, because in South Africa, I'm considered colored. I'm not considered black. Because my grandpa is white and my great-grandma was Indian. So I'm considered colored and not African-American. But I guess in America, I'm considered African-American. But um, <laughs> So I, I chose a, a, a biracial family because I can speak Dutch. That's my mother language. And my host mom could speak Dutch as well because she was from Holland. So that made it easier. The transition process made it a little bit easier for me not to miss home so much. Yeah, because you have a little bit of home with you. Yeah. How um was that your only family, or did you uh, go somewhere else after? No, they were my only family before I married and were done with the program. Okay. Did you? Are you still in contact with them? No, not really. Um, they weren't very happy with my choice of husband. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Wow. Uh, so we kind of, so we kind of lost contact when I married my ex-husband. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Um. So you started the nonprofit, and you also have a YouTube channel. Yes. What is that like? What made you want to um, start that? So I'm gonna start off with the YouTube channel. Um. I was molested as a child since the age of five by, by my great-grandpa. And uh, growing up, I oh, I had to keep that in from the age of five years old to the age of nine. I had to keep that information to myself because coming, and I don't want to say from my, backgr- uh, my background, but uh, my cult, um, I'm sure every culture is like that. It's just not, it's not just my culture, but if you tell something, they say you're looking for attention or you're making up stories. So I couldn't tell my family what was going on with me. And so I've always kept that in and to myself, I guess. And for four years, because it happened from the age of five to nine years, my great grandpa used to sexually molest me. And so I kept that secret with me for, nine, for four years. And so the reason why I started my YouTube is um, South Africa is a, I don't want to say a third world country, but it's a developing country. And we don't have the resources like we do here in America. So you can speak to counselors or you can talk to somebody with what's going on with you. And so I created the YouTube channel for people that don't have financing. They can... um, go on YouTube and go under my YouTube channel and use that as an outlet to um, just express what's going on with them and talk about their experience and what they've been through. And 
somebody else might see that on the YouTube channel and not feel alone and know that there's somebody else going out there going through the same thing or similar things. And that I, I created that YouTube channel basically as an outlet for where you can come and just talk and just be you and express your emotions and feelings on your own without getting judged or without having to be worried. I don't have financing to go see a counselor. So that's why I created my YouTube channel. My nonprofit organization I created because I was sexually molested again when I was five years old and I was sexually molested when I was 18 years old by family members. And you can't tell any of your family members because they don't believe you. I was like 32. I went back to South Africa, 33, I think. And I went back to South Africa. And for years, I never told my family what my cousin did to me. And I went back to South Africa in 2016 to my grandma's funeral. And so I just couldn't hold that secret in anymore because I kept that secret for three years while I was living with my aunt and my cousin would sexually molest me. And so I kind of did the wrong thing. I, I brought it up at the wrong time. I shouldn't even say I did the wrong thing. I brought it up the wrong time. It was the night before my grandma's funeral and I brought it up and nobody believes me. Imagine I'm 34 years old and my family don't even believe me when I tell them this is what he did to me. I was 18 years old and nobody believes me. So um, I created my, youth, uh, my, my nonprofit for women that be survivors of sexually molested children, uh, women that been sexually molested, being raped and stuff like that. That's why I created because I've been there, I've been abused physically, I've been abused sexually. So I created this nonprofit because it's my heart, it's my pain, it's my sorrow. I'm pouring into my nonprofit to let somebody else know that mother, the child, like I can feel your pain, I know your pain because I've been there, I've been through it. And I got to the other side. And you can too. And I will do whatever it takes with my power and get them to the other side. So that's why I created the nonprofit organization. I think it's truly amazing and truly inspiring. And I think it is so important because, like you were saying, it could be like really in any culture that it can be very, especially for women in general, it can be very hard to even feel like they can come out because like with everything going on now with some of these big time male celebrities coming out that they sexually assaulted women and they had to keep quiet for so long. I think it's society yeah, in it's general. That, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's something that eats you up alive. Um, my, just to go back um, to how what it was like for me growing up, when I was five years old, I knew an old man shouldn't be doing that to a little girl. And um, I couldn't speak up. And he would give me back in the days, 25 cents was a lot of money in South Africa. And then he would give me 50 cents just so he can touch my private part. And I couldn't say anything. I, I, I kept quiet. And it kind of affected me through my first marriage. Um, my whole life, actually, it, it affected me where... When people give me money, it's my skin crawl. I, I, I don't like anybody giving me money. I don't even like money. Yes, I know I need to have money to, to survive. And that's about the only reason why, I guess, I like money. But as far as, like, money, 
I don't like it at all because it always reminds me of what my great grandpa did to me, like giving me money so you can touch my girly past. And to me, that was like, wow, that's disgusting on so many levels. I completely agree, and I definitely see where that could make you not want to be anywhere near money because it's it, yeah. it's associated with such a bad memory. Yeah. When you told your family about um, what your cousin did, did they already know at all about what your great-grandpa did? or No, because in South, South Africa, they have the saying where children are seen and not heard. So yeah. you can't go and tell anybody, hey, this is what, especially if it's a family member, then they definitely not going to believe you. And like I said, they definitely didn't even believe me when I was 34 years old. And my cousin sexually molested me when from eight, 18 till 21. And I, when I finally did, I grabbed all the courage I had and I, I spoke up about it. And I told my family, nobody believes me. Literally, I had it on black and white where he said I was lucky enough he didn't have sex with me. And I still showed them that and yet they still didn't believe me. So it's, it's a hard thing when you can't, you don't have anybody where you can confide in and say this is what happened to me. Or even if you do, they don't believe you. Right. Or even if you did have someone believe you, it doesn't mean it's going to change anything. They exactly. Might, they might not even be able to do anything. Exactly. So where is your, um, what's your nonprofit like today? Has it gotten like... Well, well, well I just, I just got yesterday uh, uh, an email from the IRS. I am approved for, for my 501c. Um, I just need to start, um, pull out seven more questions and send it back to them and then they will sent me my 501c form and then I will start with my um, basically um, doing fundraising and stuff because I don't know if you know anything about South Africa but it's really bad. I'm not saying that it's not as bad in America but it's 10 times worse in South Africa. Just this weekend uh, a rapist was released from, not this weekend I guess a rapist was released from prison last two, the last two months I guess and he raped and killed an eight-month-old baby. Um, oh. I don't know if... Yeah, we're friends on Facebook. So if you on my Facebook, you can see the country is outraged because the, the government in South Africa is so corrupt. Like, they hire people in, in government buildings. That Last year, it was so bad with 600... I don't... I, please don't quote me on this, but I know 600 and something women were killed and raped in South Africa. And people are becoming none to it because it's, it's like the new norm now in South Africa and the government isn't doing anything. They don't protect women and children. Children are not even safe to walk to the store anymore. And this little girl was raped and killed and buried in a pipe, a drain pipe. And this weekend they found a rotten in a drain pipe. So honestly, my heart is bleeding. And that's one of the reasons why I want my nonprofit to start up and succeed because um, I really want to help. I want to help women and children. I started gathering a police in Texas who wants to join, well, not join, but be part of my nonprofit so we can teach young kids in South Africa something like how you can't tell an eight-year-old how to defend herself against a 50-year-old cycle. 
So I I don't know how, but I'm sure the police will have some ways to help protect young girls in in women in South Africa because it's becoming disgusting in South Africa. It's a new thing every month. Like it's not changing and it's getting worse and worse in South Africa right now. So I am praying to God and I'm hoping that as soon as I get my uh, 501c from the IRS, that I can start fundraising and stuff like that so I can be the voice for those women and children in South Africa. So, yeah. And I I think that's so, like, so special and it's so needed. And I think even it could be a great thing for women and children here in America, too. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm excited to see where you go with it. And thank you. Um, like I tell, because a lot of people ask me why did why did I chose to do this, and I I said that's my pain again. Like I said earlier on, I don't want to sound redundant, but I'm literally pouring my pain into my nonprofit, and nobody n- nobody knows what it feels like for, to lose a child because of a predator in South Africa unless you go through it. So you have to go through it to feel it or unless you get raped and stuff like that to, to know what it is. And it's disgusting how the government in South Africa is not doing anything to protect those innocent young children. The woman, it's like gender, it's like men versus females in South Africa and the females are basically the ones losing. And my nonprofit, I, I, I always tell people, is going to be so different because it's not just feeding people. It's, a, it's about teaching them life skills. It's about making them better for society so they don't need to sit and take the husband's abuse because he's the one bringing in the financing. It's teaching them things that they never had before and helping them get jobs and helping, helping them to be self-efficient and stuff. And I can't wait, honestly, to start this so I can literally, even if it's just making a difference in one person's life, then I know my job is done. Yes, that is, yes, that's so true. And that's kind of like why I did this podcast and my blog is because it's a little different, but it's, I have chronic pain from a bad car accident and, but you can't see any of it. So I want to be that voice for people that are in pain that feel like they can't do anything or get that help. So I completely get yeah. where you're coming from. And I'm hoping maybe once this this episode airs, it'll be able to reach a lot of people and yes, learn and, about and, and, the and situation. Yes, please. And if you don't mind, I'm asking everybody, you guys, they can send me DMs on Facebook. They can invite me. I need everybody to be part of this because it's, it's it's sad to see that the future of tomorrow are being killed off. And we we sitting we have resources and we're sitting that in we we don't do anything. Yes, there is a lot of NGOs in South Africa that help, but you can't feed somebody, you can't close them for a month and be like, Okay, my job is done. There's so much more that I am praying that everybody, that if you don't mind, if you help me, I need coaches, I need counselors, I need everybody to please come and be part of my nonprofit for those in South Africa and even in America, like, so we can make that difference because women are the future leaders of tomorrow, children are the future leaders of tomorrow, but how do they strive for a better tomorrow when they don't know if they 
won't be alive tomorrow. So I really am begging everybody like to please be part of this journey with me so we can all make a difference. Well, I'll do anything I can to help and I will also have all your information in my description so people can just click on the link to your Facebook, your website, your YouTube, whatever you have. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast and sharing your story and the story of your nonprofit and I wish you so much luck and thank you again for everything you're doing. Thank you. Well, this was another episode of With Love, Alexa. Um, For more information on Elizabeth's story and her nonprofit, you will be able to look in the link below. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye.